We begin our reflection today from the first reading from the book of Judges. For the next four days, we'll be reading readings from the book of Judges. Why is this important? For two reasons. One is this historical perspective. We have to remember that we had these two great leaders of the faith, Moses and then Joshua. They were not only charismatic, but they were witnesses, witnesses to the dialogue, to the, to the dialogue that God had with his people as he led them out of Egypt, as they spent 40 years in the desert, as they entered the new promised land under the guidance of Joshua. But then he passes away, and we have this period of about 150 years when there's no great leaders, there's no more Moses, there's no more Joshua. And so the people come into the promised land and they come and they settle in the area, partly in the northern part of Israel, 10 tribes, southern part, Judah, Benjamin. The, the, they settle the present day Palestine as we know. And so, but what happens then is that although they were so prepared spiritually to be the followers of our Lord, to follow the commandments, to follow the covenant relationship. But soon enough, they become intermarried with the people who are there. They become sort of kind of preoccupied with agricultural things, with some businesses, and slowly they fall away from the faith, or at least from that, from the, from that original gift that they received to be lovers of the Lord. And so what we have here is a book known as Judges. Periodically, God will raise some of these sort of charismatic leaders when they were being attacked by the people around them, when they were attacked and, and uh, sometimes brutally treated. These leaders would rise from among the people, from different, pro uh, from different tribes, Gideon and Jothan, and many, many of those uh, we have, we have, we have uh, Deborah, for example, this woman judge. These leaders will rise and will protect the people, but also would remind them of the original relationship that they have established with the Lord, the covenant relationship. And so today's reading goes right into the heart of it. The children of Israel offended the Lord by serving the Baals, which means the the chief, uh, uh, the uh, chief uh, 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 god of of the present day uh, uh, Syria, the, 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 he was very well known and and serving Baals because there were all kinds of statues built into Baals. People would would worship him. He was a god of thunder, and they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who led them out of land of Egypt. They followed the other gods of the various nations around them, and by their worship of these gods provoked the Lord. The Lord promised them, if you are faithful to me, I'll protect you. But if you are not, you expose yourself to all the evil. The same today for us too. We place ourselves uh, and consecrate ourselves to our Lord, to Our Lady. Then we're protected. We're protected. If we live a life of fidelity to God, a life of prayer, sacramental life, we are protected. But if we, we do not, we expose ourselves to all kinds of danger. And we know what's going on in our country today. 
we have rejected the Lord in so many ways from public forum. Catholics or Christians don't really live their faith fully. They have sort of kind of allowed many weeds to grow in their homes, in their private lives, in their, in their heart. And so we expose ourselves to danger and the difficulties. And this is what today, when we read from the book of Judges, this is a summary. You know, the, when, when the people of God does abandon him and serve Baal and Ashtoreth, Ashtoreth was, is the god of fertility, fertility when it comes to, you know, agricultural, but also children and so on. So when they abandoned the people of God, when they abandoned him and served Baal and Ashtoreth, the anger of the Lord flared up against Israel and he delivered them over to the plunderers who despoiled them. He allowed them to fall into the power of their enemies round about whom they were no longer able to withstand because we're, strength, we're strong when we're very close to the Lord. Once we kind of leave the Lord, then our strength disappears. We know Samson, we will hear the story of Samson later. You know how he allowed himself to be, to be governed by by uh, by his wife, who whom he abandoned, and he had to stand up. We know this. He was dedicated to the Lord, and then you know, and and his dedication became um, became weakened so much so that he lost his strength. But then it says here, but God would not allow him to be overtaken by disaster, but he would raise up people to deliver them from the power of their despoilers. They did not listen to their judges, but abandoned themselves to worship of other gods, and yet God would still protect them. He, he, would, he would bring him back. So whenever the Lord raised raise up judges for them, judges, these were the leaders, he would be the judge and save them from the power of their enemies as long as the judge lived. It was thus the Lord took pity on the distressful cries of affliction under their oppressors. A powerful lesson for us today is that reminder, a great reminder, how necessary it is for us to be open to the movement of grace, to be faithful to God, faithful to sacraments, this is that invitation, because otherwise we expose ourselves to danger. Now, the second aspect of today's readings is the gospel itself. As a young man who seems to be extraordinarily wonderful young person, He's, he observes all the commandments. You know, the Lord says, He says, He says, How, what must I do to gain eternal life? What do I must do to be saved? And the Lord says, Well, follow the commandments. And, and this young man says, I have followed them. I, you know, I follow the commandments, you shall not kill, commit adultery, you shall not steal, bear false witness, honor your father and mother, you know, and, 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 and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this young man says, yeah, I, I'm okay. I have done it. And so he says, what else must I do besides that? And the Lord says, if you wish to be perfect, in a sense, perfected by, by, by God, if you really wish to open yourself completely to the Lord, then, then what you do is just sell everything. Just live for God. You know, just, just open yourself and just let go of everything. And we know that the young man was not able to do that. 
he was well, well to do, I just couldn't let go. You know, uh, for us today, again, the invitation is still the same. Maybe you are not asked to go and sell everything, but are we asked to set aside things? You know, I remember this couple, I, I knew them well, and, and they became quite successful in, in their life, and so they wished to build for themselves this dream home. They were kind of wishing, they were living in a small house, they had children, the children already grew up, and so they have resources, and they planned, and they built a beautiful house. I did visit the house. It's a beautiful, absolutely wonderful. You know, they were both talented, gifted, and so they did build this beautiful house, and they finished it. Everything was ready like five years before they went into, um, into retirement. And so, so when they retired, they were so happy they were in this house. And then no more than five years after the retirement, you know, health is not always the best. And so it became very difficult for them to manage this house because it had many rooms, places. They had to hire someone to help them out. And so they, all of a sudden, this beautiful gift, this dream house, became a type of burden for them. And so I had to go and, and, and sell it. And you know, it wasn't just that, that but it was like a, the, the, the desire to, to kind of free themselves from this burden became almost primary concern. And so this beautiful dream house had to let, be let go. Somebody else would have to buy this dream house of theirs. And you know, it is something that, yes, you know, we're all human beings. We love something that's beautiful. We want something that's beautiful for us. They were planning to have their family, their children come and visit and grandchildren. But you know, children and grandchildren don't seem to always visit. They show up for a day, for two. And so the house was empty. You know, and I, I spoke to both of them, you know, although they were not, they, they were generous. They were generous, they were supporting the church with their resources, they were supporting various types of, you know, apostolic projects. So it wasn't because they were not mindful. They loved the Lord. But the fact is that when they sold it, it was a sadness. They built something, a beautiful home, and yet the Lord is reminding us that our true home is that goes beyond the grave. God is building this home for us. I have prepared a place for you. In my Father's house there are many dwellings, and I, I have gone there ahead so I can prepare for them what this dream home in heaven will be, and I has not seen and ear has not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. We, our faith is that which enables us to see things which our human eyes cannot. Our faith gives us conviction of that which is there beyond the grave because we have seen the Lord risen from the dead. We have seen he has received his glorified body. This is what we shall be. We will be with, with those who love. God is love, pure love. There are some experiences of those who who had prior to their death experiences of seeing life beyond the grave. Uh, and, 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 and what they attest is something extraordinary, the colors, the beauty, but above all the love, the experience, is something that's so, so extraordinary. This is what we are to do here on earth. Yes, we may we seek to have a comfortable place, sufficient enough, a roof over our heads, but, but just like the young man, are we, do we become too attached to it? Too many gadgets, too many things to repair, too many things to attend to, 
and then we don't have time to enter into contemplative prayer. We don't have time to even read scripture. We don't have time. So the, the Lord is asking us, you know, today through that gospel, if you wish to truly live the perfection of God's love, if you truly live, wish to live in that, that communion of love, then don't get too distracted, don't get too preoccupied, don't get too trapped in the material world because it won't let, won't let us see the beauty and we'll, we'll be missing it. It was Pope Pius X today, we honor him. And he came from a poor family. He was a, one of 10 children. He became ordained, priest ordained, became bishop, became uh, uh, the, uh, the bishop of, or patriarch of Venice, as he's known. And so he was elected immediately after a very powerful pope, Pope, Pius, pope Leo XIII, great, great, extraordinary man. And, and he was elected. He didn't want to be elected. He felt that it was too much for him. And yet what we have here is this Pope Pius X, what he wished to do, as you know, every pope, when he begins his, his pontificate, the Lord chooses people, and then he chooses them with certain predispositions. And what he saw and he desired to do is to renew the, the church again. He saw the society, all kinds of labor movements, all kinds of social things, atheism going every place, secularism, you know, all, all kinds of other things which still today we, we are afflicted by. And he wished to renew the church in Christ. He wished to renew all things in Christ. And that meant not only our personal life, where he says we have to rededicate ourselves as people, to, to, to know that he's the one and there's no other. He wanted to renew the church through renewing sacraments. Many people did not participate in the Eucharist. Or, or, and, and so he wished that children as young as they can be would receive First Holy Communion early on, and that we would receive the Eucharist, because we would be renewed in Christ in the most powerful way by sacramental renewal, especially through the Eucharist. He also wished to renew society. He didn't want priests to get involved in political world and politics. He wanted us to be leaders uh, that would transform the society through our, through our spiritual abilities, powers, that we would enact all kinds of movements, social movements, you know, social action, Catholic social action, and means by which we were able to touch people, no matter where they are, to reach out to them to bring them in, into the fold because the secularism at that time and it's still today even worse is able to rip them away from us and, and, and it's like a wolf that takes, steals a sheep, sheep without, without regard destroying us and so to restore all things in Christ and so the various aspects of the church life were to be considered so reform of, of clerical formation priesthood reform of, of liturgical formation, liturgical piety, especially sacramental pra practice, and, and, and its importance, especially Eucharistic adoration. Uh, he's, he asked not only that, but he wished to renew the church through, a, through, a, through the update in canon law, church's law, how to uh, manage the world affairs uh, between church and society, but also uh, the affairs of the church within itself and, and that relationship between Christians and different groups 
the focus was obviously that will be really, really renewed in this in this world. And I have to say, there's the, I'd like to say just a couple of quotes from Pius the Tenth. Um, it is not priests alone, but all the faithful without exception, who must concern themselves with the interest of God and souls. The times we live in demand action, the frank and open profession of faith, every kind of charitable works, such luminous examples given by the great army of soldiers of Christ will be of much avail in moving and drawing men. Large numbers will be won to Christ, becoming in their turn promoters of his knowledge and love, which are the road to true and so solid happiness. So it is the invitation of all laity, especially, be the soldiers of Christ. Introduce through works of charity, works of mercy, through the personal witness. Do not be afraid to be witnesses of Christ so that others will follow you. Okay, then. No, not no means is more efficacious than charity, for the Lord is not in the earthquake. It is vain to hope to attract souls by, to God by bitter zeal. On the contrary, we must work with all patience. Jesus has certainly left us an example of this. Come to me, all you that, are, that labor and are burdened, and I'll refresh you. He meant only those who are slaves of sin and he, meant, he did not mean just the people who are enslaved by sin and error, but all of us, come to me. Come to me who are burdened by daily life. Come to me, and I will refresh you. Charity is patient and kind. It's Christian charity that will dispel darkness from this world. It will renew people's hearts and minds. You know, today, as you know, that you know, there's a sort of like a placing Pope Pius X, the spirit of Pope Pius X in opposition to Vatican II. Yes, you know, which is sometimes today is quite prevalent. But the fact is this, Pope Pius X loved the church. Yes, too many people use their own beliefs, their own wishes, whatever one want to call it, and call it in the spirit of Vatican, which is not true for those who really come to know the Vatican documents. They're incredible documents of faith. They're incredible documents. We have to kind of remove the spirit of Pope St. Pius X against the spirit of Vatican, because it's one, one church, it's Church of Christ. Yes, we have to be renewed. Yes, we have to accept and eliminate junk which have been introduced into many things but not it's because of Vatican II, of the true Vatican II, but the spirit of those who wish to use Vatican for its, for its conclusion and for its uh, you know, influence or even introducing different type of practices. Maybe then today, respond to the Lord who says to me, come to me, let go of things which are not needed, which are not useful to you, to us, in following of Christ, because we have greater treasure in heaven than we can ever imagine, a dwelling place which God has prepared for those who love him, a dwelling place which we speak of in the categories of paradise. We can't fully grasp because we do not know, but as St. John says, we know one thing for sure, 
that what we shall be like is like him. We shall be like the Lord. And that is enough for us. That is enough for St. John, enough for us. We shall be like Christ because his mission is to make us his brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of God, destined for divine glory. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.